2: with Rev. Jennifer Hadley, a beloved teacher of the Course, who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application.
3: Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. I'm so... Happy the long-awaited day has come, and it is the release date of Gary Renard's latest book, Love Has Forgotten No One. Gary is my guest. Hey, Gary.
4: Hey, Jennifer. How are you doing there in (laughs) England?
3: I'm doing great. So it's uh, 4 o'clock here in, in uh, Salisbury near Stonehenge and you're at home in Los Angeles where it's 8 o'clock in the morning and uh, I really appreciate you getting up to be on the show today.
4: <laughs> yeah, well this is actually one morning when I'm excited to get up because, <laughs> because this day has been uh, a long time coming and uh, actually the whole process took seven years uh, to write this book. And uh, it's just a book where, you know, so many different things have happened in my life, including uh, so many forgiveness opportunities for me. Uh, When the book begins, I'm living in Maine, and I'm married to a woman named Karen. And when the book ends, I'm living here uh, in Los Angeles, married to a woman named Cindy. And it's quite a ride in between (laughs) that point. And this point, it's like a, a real roller coaster ride, and the book is full of, uh, you know, a lot of experiences and a lot of wild things and a lot of interesting things and a lot of spiritual information. And I'm really excited about it, especially since I'm getting uh, such a good reaction to it based on uh, the pre-sales. I guess Amazon started uh, sending the book out over a week ago. And, uh, you know, quite a few people have already read it before today, but today is the official release date. And if they buy it today, it will be shipped to them uh, immediately. And uh, it's like, you know, the reaction has been very good, which is very gratifying because when you work on something for such a long time, you know, naturally uh, you're curious as to how people are going to take it. And the initial uh, reaction has been, Excellent it's been really something, and that makes me feel good and Of course, today we're just out there letting everybody that we can uh know about it and I appreciate you doing that. you're such a good friend and uh you know so actually, this is my first interview of the day, and uh I have a few more, but uh you know I really wanted to be with you today because this is a you know just a, a very important day to me because I want people to see the message that's in this book. I want them to really get what my teachers, uh, Arden and Persa, have been emphasizing to me, uh, especially the last couple of years.
3: And what what in this book, what do you think is, if you will, the, the key message?
4: Well, aside from uh, all the exciting things that are going on, there's a theme that developed, actually two themes. Uh, the first theme is that, uh, as A Course in Miracles puts it in that last section, uh, choose once again, you know, it says trials are but lessons presented once again so that where you made a faulty choice before, now you can make a better one and thus escape all the pain that your previous decision has brought to you. Well, it turns out that that's not just uh, about one lifetime. You know, yes, mm-hmm. lifetime, Charles Arbett lessons presented once again, but that is also true from lifetime to lifetime to lifetime. And the reason that uh, Arden and Purser and I are calling uh, this a trilogy of three books, The Disappearance of the Universe, Your Immortal Reality, and Love Has Forgotten No One, is because it really illustrates how that is also true from lifetime to lifetime to lifetime. So uh, the main lifetimes that are featured are Thomas and Thaddeus uh, from 2,000 years ago, uh, Jesus' original disciples. Then there's uh, Cindy and I, and our forgiveness challenges that we have right now And then there's Arden and Pursa 100 years from now in Chicago when they live their final lifetime. And it turns out that uh, Thaddeus had a lot of the same forgiveness issues that Cindy does. And Thaddeus worked on them and kind of like resolved quite a few of them. And what he didn't resolve, uh, Cindy is left to resolve in this lifetime because if you don't completely learn a forgiveness lesson, then if you come back for another lifetime, you will be confronted with that same forgiveness lesson again. Now, because the time period is different, it may not look exactly the same, but the meaning is exactly the same. So, even though uh, the form may appear to change, which is illusory, the content of the lesson does not change. It stays the same, and if you don't complete it in one lifetime, you, you get it to try it again, it's kind of like Groundhog Day, you know, you get to keep trying it over and over again until we get it right and uh, forgiven forgiveness is something that Cindy is very good at and she does uh, complete a lot of those things in this lifetime and, and then in her final lifetime which is Arden a uh, hundred years from now, she completes all of them and becomes enlightened uh, in fact, she completes most of them in this lifetime because when a master comes back for their final lifetime, they don't really have to learn a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, they, already, they already know pretty much everything that they need to know to be enlightened, and there may just be a couple of big forgiveness opportunities which are shown uh, in the book because in the book, the story of Art and Persa 100 years from now is completed. It's like you really get... How all three of these time periods fit together—you know, including uh, Thomas two thousand years ago, and myself today, and Persa a hundred years from now. You see how uh, the forgiveness lessons are the same from lifetime to lifetime, but they are resolved uh, partially and then finally completely in the final lifetime. And even I was very interested in how. Uh, those three time periods fit together, and it really is like a hologram. Uh, when you see the three books uh, as they are, then you understand how uh, it's a hologram, as Arden first described it in the last chapter. Because uh, up until then, I was wasn't really thinking of it as a trilogy. It you know, just didn't occur to me. And then they pointed out to me how it all fit together like a hologram, and how if I read all three books again, that I would see that. And so I did and i really do see that and it's exciting to me because you know that's always going to be there you know for people to discover they're always going to you know see how all these things fit together and uh you know the course talks about this uh, interlocking chain of forgiveness and how it's all connected so it's like my forgiveness is connected to your forgiveness which is connected to everybody's forgiveness and it's all uh, one. It, it's the Holy Spirit's plan of forgiveness. And uh, the Course teaches that the Holy Spirit looked back from the end of time, saw everything that time held, and worked out this plan where everybody would have their time to kind of like become enlightened. So everybody's forgiveness is one. It's just that we don't see it because what we see is uh, this little speck of time and space that is based on separation. But the Holy Spirit can see everything. So the Holy Spirit was able to put together a plan that would eventually completely undo the ego, the idea of separation, and lead us all home. And I think that uh, the more I go on with this spiritual path, uh, the more amazed I am at the way that it all fits together. Uh, yeah. i couldn 't see that at all at first, and i didn 't always think about uh, the holy spirit i I used to think oh maybe when I was in my twenties that I started to suspect that I had a higher self, but I still had uh, kind of like all these spirit guides, and you know I was into Napoleon Hill, so I had kind of like this board of directors of spirit guides who were you know helping me. <laughs> And, uh, you know, that's cool because what that really is is the Holy Spirit, but it shows up differently for you at different times in your life because uh, it will show up in whatever way is best for you at that time. So when I was like uh, 27, 28 years old and I was first getting on a spiritual path, uh, you know, I wasn't thinking of the Holy Spirit, but looking back on that time period in my life, I can see that the Holy Spirit was always helping me. You know, that the Holy Spirit was always there and was always helping me, and was always kind of like oh, nudging me in the right direction. You know, kind of like whispering in my ear, saying, "Well, you know, maybe you should try this," you know, or maybe you should do that. You know, maybe you should go do that S training thing. You know, maybe you'll learn something. And uh, I was always kind of like being, you know, gently uh, pushed in the right direction <clears throat> by the Holy Spirit, and. Uh, I couldn't see that at the time. Today I can. I can see how it all fits together, how a spiritual path uh, is all connected. And whether it's an individual uh, spiritual path of forgiveness or whether it's all of us, uh, it's all one and it's all connected. And it was all put together by the Holy Spirit. And of course there's a paradox uh, to time. And the paradox is that it's all already happened and yet you still got to do it. You know, that's the paradox, because our experience is linear, so we still have to do this. And uh, the holographic nature of it is that it's all already happened. But that's kind of like coming from a place of oneness and wholeness. Mm -hmm. We have to kind of like graduate from (laughs) this place of uh, seeming separation and linearity to that place where we start to experience the oneness of it all. And then especially our oneness with God, which is the only real oneness that there is. And then there's also a oneness to the universe of time and space, because uh, even if you do try to separate things and things look like they're separate, you can't ever really separate uh, anything or anybody from anybody else. That's all an illusion. The idea that we could be separate from God, the idea that we could be separate from each other, Uh, The idea that there could be all these trillions of objects that are are separate from each other, uh, that's all an illusion. And the one thing that will always be true is perfect oneness with God, which is kind of like uh, what we're being guided home to. It's kind of like uh, we're all going home and not everybody's going to go at the same time in the illusion of time, but everybody's going to the same place. Everybody's going home to God And uh, the truth is, we never left anyway, because we're just having this dream of separation. And as the Course puts it, you are at home in God, dreaming of exile, but perfectly capable of awakening to reality. And it's that awakening that is enlightenment. And we will all achieve that. We will all be like Jesus. We will all be like Buddha. Uh, We will all awaken from the dream and uh, go home. But we go home by awakening and then we find out that we never left and that we were just having this dream. You know, I have to, uh, I I don't have to, I want to uh, go on a lot of trips the next couple of months, you know, to talk Mm. about this book. And uh, whenever I get on a plane, I say to myself, because this this is one of my favorite lines from the course, it says, uh, you travel but in dreams while safe at home. So Mm. having this dream... You know, that I'm flying to uh, Victoria Island, you know, uh, this weekend. And, uh, you know, the truth is, I'm not really going anywhere. We never really go anywhere. You, you know, you had a dream that just put you in Salisbury, England. Right. You know, uh Near Stonehenge, which is cool. And I've been there and, and I love Stonehenge. Yeah. And at the same time, you know, it's a dream. So we're, we're having this dream that we're born And then we have this life and then we have all these travels and all these exciting things and sometimes not very exciting things and, uh, you know, difficult things to forgive. And uh, it's all a dream. And then we dream that we die and we dream that we have this in-between lifetime. And Art and Persa actually take me on a trip of the, uh, what they call the in-between life, you know, what most people call the afterlife. Uh-huh. Actually, they actually took me on a tour. Of, that's of that. pretty cool. Me <laughs> uh, around the universe, which was a pretty wild ride. I I say in my uh, email that I sent out today, I said, you know, it took me a month to recover from that. It was just so wild and, and so uh, real. D- does Cindy
3: have a T-shirt that says, Gary went on a trip around the universe and all I got was this lousy T-shirt?
4: <laughs> hey, that's not a bad... Uh, <laughs> Uh, idea. <laughs> <clears throat> but I don't think Cindy's complaining because uh, no. the last, last few years she has traveled more than she ever expected to. I and, know. Uh, you know, she uh, wasn't quite as used to the travel as I was. And so sometimes, you know, she'll just say, you know, uh, I need a week off. <laughs> you know, I'm not going mm-hmm. this time. And uh, that's okay because uh, she does go most of the time. And Cindy has actually started to participate uh, a lot more in my workshops. Uh, she's really coming to her own as a speaker. Of course she was already very experienced. Uh, you know, She's been a spiritual counselor for mm-hmm. uh, many years and uh, you know, as you know she has a master's degree in spiritual psychology from uh, the University of Santa Monica. Uh, Ron and Mary Holmick, who uh, were her teachers and are now friends, uh, they wrote a great book that was published by Hay House Uh, called uh, Loyalty to Your Soul, uh, The Heart of Spiritual Psychology. And Ron was uh, very kind to give a very strong endorsement to my new book, uh, Love is Forgotten No One, which, you know, coming from a a doctor of psychology, that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, they're just uh, great people. And Cindy, you know, got a great education from them, and she's been studying A Course in Miracles for quite a while. And uh, she's, you know, just really started to participate more. We do this thing where the two of us uh, interact with the audience. We spend a lot of time going back and forth with them. And people who are there are free to share, you know, whatever experiences they want, whatever's going on with them. Of course, some of them just have questions, but some of them, uh, you know, want to share what's going on with them, and then we start... You know, kind of like uh, having a dialogue with them about that. And uh, it's kind of like turning out to be a really good thing. And, of course, Cindy also does music uh, at our workshops. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was doing music with her for a while, but I prefer to kind of like um, let her do it because she's still excited by it. And even though I love listening to music, as far as playing it and performing, Uh, For me, it's kind of like been there, done that. It's kind of like I did it for 20 years. And uh, I remember I was going to go back to it when I was in Maine uh, because nothing there would work for me. It's like I couldn't get anything to go good. It was like pulling teeth to make anything happen there. So I said, well, the hell with this. I'm going to go back to playing my guitar. And I remember taking my guitar out of the closet and I started to practice. And uh, both my hands were occupied, playing the guitar, and all of a sudden I felt this other hand. And uh, I couldn't see it, but it started pushing the neck of the guitar down toward the ground, and me along with it. And, you know, so that I couldn't play, it actually pushed me and the guitar down to the ground. And the message that I got from that was, no, you know, this is not what you're supposed to do now. Uh, There's something else you to do. And I didn't know what it was, but I found out two months later when my teacher's art and Persa, showed up, and uh, that started a whole new phase of my life from that point forward.
3: That's, I think that's one of the, the really important stories from the beginning of the book, that and you're forgiving the lawsuit. And as you can hear this music coming in, it's time for us to take a break. I'm Jennifer Hadley. We're here with Gary Renard. Today is the publication date of Gary's long-awaited book, Love Has Forgotten No One. And you're listening to Unity Online Radio, where we're living the love, we're walking the talk, and we'll be right back.
2: all on the journey together, making sense of this life, finding our spirituality, growing and evolving. As we travel through this world, Unity Magazine is your resource for gaining a deeper understanding of life. Unity Magazine is on the forefront of spiritual discovery, with articles and features from leading authors, teachers, and philosophers. Stimulate your thinking and strengthen your spirituality with Unity Magazine. Sample a free trial issue or subscribe today at unitymagazine.org.
5: Are you ready for deeper spiritual breakthroughs? Have you wondered how to apply spiritual principles to your everyday life in practical ways? Do you feel your soul is calling you to deeper purposes? Join Rev. Galen McDowell live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central for Truth Transforms, a discussion on how God within you, as you, is the power to transform your life. If you really believe that consciousness determines your experiences and that you are an individualized expression of God, join us as we help awaken and transform the consciousness of humanity.
3: I'm Jennifer Hadley, and today my guest is Gary Renard, author of Disappearance of the Universe. And today is the publication date of Love is Forgotten No One. I'm encouraging everybody to go out and get the book today. And if you do, if you go to my uh, spiritual espresso blog at jenniferhadley.com, I've got a link there where you can get it from amazon.com. Send me back the receipt and I'll send you um, a link to download or listen to two uh, conversations that Gary and I recorded in past uh, couple of years. I think one was 2011, one was 2012, and they're really dynamic, interesting interviews, uh, Gary and I talking in his home, and those are f- free for you. Uh, it's an incentive to... Uh, Inspire you to purchase the book today, and Gary. I want to ask you a question, or I just want to say that one of the things I really, really appreciate about you and your conversations with Art and Impersa is that you're so absolutist, and uh, that's that's how I feel. It just it's there's no wishy-washiness and spiritual law and principle. It's the same all the time, and what I really love that you touch on several times in Love Has Forgotten No One is about abundance and prosperity and how if we can move our mindset into not needing or wanting anything but actually having it already, having the love that our whole life just opens up, and and you you prove that.
4: Uh, Well, uh, thank you so much, and Yeah, it's kind of like, first of all, when it comes to the uh, absolutist idea, uh, my attitude is not that there's anything wrong with anything else. Right. Uh, We do make a definite distinction in the book between spirituality and the self-help movement, which I see as being kind of like two different things that have become confused with each other. And uh, the difference really is that spirituality is not dependent on anything happening where uh, the self-help movement is more about making things happen. So I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with making things happen. In fact, I've used uh, the self-help movement in my life, and I've used it successfully at times, and I'm not a hypocrite. So it's like, yeah, I mean, if that's what you're into, then that's what you're supposed to be into. Mm-hmm. But, but my attitude is that if you're going to be into A Course of Miracles, then you might as well do it. And that's where the absolutism comes in because uh, that's what A Course in Miracles is like. You know, it's it's extremely non-compromising, relentlessly non-compromising all the way through. And one of the things that makes the Course so different than other things is that it's saying that uh, the first law of chaos is that the truth is different for everyone. You know, so it's like, uh, you got your truth, and I got my truth, and she's got her truth, and it's all different. And uh, the Course is saying something uh, that is not at all like that. The Course is saying, no, actually, the truth is the same for everybody. Uh, The truth is God, and uh, God is the truth, and the truth is the truth, and it's going to be the truth uh, 2,000 years from now, just like it is today, just like it was 2,000 years ago. And it, that's never going to change. The absolute truth will always be God is. And uh, the truth is the truth whether you understand and agree with it or not. You know, so that's kind of like the position. Of <laughs> and whether you like whatever. it
3: or not, too. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah, so it's saying basically that the truth is not subject to your interpretation. Where everybody wants to have their own truth and everybody wants the truth to be subject to their interpretation, and the Course is saying, well, actually, that's chaos. And order and oneness and uh, simplicity and beauty is all to be found in this perfect oneness that is actually the same for everyone. So right off the bat, you've got the Course saying something totally different than uh, what most people want to hear, because as egos, we want to be separate and individual, and we don't understand that the ego likes this idea of separation because it feels special. You know, it feels important. So everybody wants to feel special. Everybody wants to feel important, like they're somebody. But even though they certainly are somebody and they are great, as the Course puts it, uh, be humble before God, but be great in Him. Mm -hmm. You know, in that perfect oneness with God, you are great but in a state of separation you're just separate and uh... there's a difference so uh... the course is saying uh... something that even though it's very radical and very different if you look at all the ideas in the course they all fit together into a complete thought system in fact you actually have two thought systems in the course you have uh... you know the thought system of the holy spirit and the thought system of the ego And they're both saying two opposite things. And uh, you can't really blend them together because the ego and the Holy Spirit represent two complete and mutually exclusive thought systems. And you can't really blend them together. You have to choose. And actually, that's why the Course says that it's simple. In fact, uh, I think the Course uses the word simple 156 times. Uh, throughout the course of these... Roughly,
3: 156.
4: Yeah, you know, uh, over a period of 1,500 pages because it's saying that even though life seems very complicated, and it certainly looks complicated, it looks like you have a million different choices to make, but uh, the course is saying, well, no, actually, there's only one choice to make between two things, and only one of those things is real. So it's saying uh, what you need to think of and see in other people and all around you is the truth, which is Spirit, which is uh, actually the same as God, because it's it's not an uh, individual thing. You know, it's not a partial attribute. It's actually all of it. And when you start thinking with the Holy Spirit, then eventually you're going to start thinking in terms of wholeness and oneness, where the ego thinks in terms of separation and differences, and that leads to judgment. And the Holy Spirit is saying, well, no, uh, despite what you're seeing with the body's eyes, which the ego made, there's a reality that is just beyond that. There's a reality that is just beyond the veil. And if you start thinking of everybody as being the same, because what they really are is this perfect spirit that is exactly the same as God, then everything blends into one and everything becomes one, and that's kind of like one of the things that Art and Person are emphasizing in this book is the concept of spiritual sight and vision and uh, you mm-hmm. know how having that and thinking that way will change your experience to one of spirit instead of uh, this idea of being separate. Now, when you do that, that starts to lead to abundance. Because in a uh, place where you are perfectly one with God, then you have everything. You know, nothing can be lacking in a condition of perfect oneness because in perfect oneness you have everything. Nothing can be left out, which is why, and we pointed this out before, but I think it's very important when the Course says that a sense of separation from God is the only lack you really need correct. Well, what if you undid that the sense of lack, you know, that sense of separation from God? Uh, then you would never feel scarcity. You know, no matter what was going on, you would always feel like you were taken care of and that you have everything that you need. And, you know, what would that be like if you didn't need anything? You know, what would that be like if you could come from a place of abundance where you're not always going around trying to get things from people and uh, you're not always you know, trying to you know, manipulate the level of form and make things happen, well, then for starters, you could have authentic relationships with people because now you don't have to get anything from them. Uh, you, you can just be love. As the Course says, you know, teach only love, for that is what you are. And my teacher said, Gary, you, know, you don't have to go looking for love if that's where you're coming from. You know, because you already have the love of God. You're coming from a place of love. Uh, you don't have to go out and get it. You know, it's just there. And then the things in your life uh, become an expression of love. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of like you're extending love, and it doesn't matter where you're you're extending it because it's the love that matters because it's ultimately it's only the love that's real. And, you know, the world may pass away, But love is a constant. The Love will always be there. Uh, It's kind of like, you know, I've I've had a few people in my life who are really close to me who have uh, passed away. And at first it looks like you've lost them. You know, just like it looks like we lost God. But the truth is uh, we can never lose God. And we can never lose anybody. We can never lose these people. And what happens is eventually the pain that you feel uh, kind of like fades away. And eventually what is left is the love that you had for them and still have for them. So eventually the love will always be there, even though the forms will always pass away. So I think that with spirituality what we're doing is we're putting our faith and our belief where we should be putting it, which is in God, where uh, when we're coming as individuals and and just trying to make things happen, then we're putting our faith in the world. And when you put your faith in the world, at some point, you have to be disappointed because uh, this is a world that shifts and changes and passes away, and there's no such thing as permanence here, nothing that is a constant, where God is a constant. So, when Jesus talked two thousand years ago about building your house upon the rock instead of the sand, uh, that's really what he was talking about. You know, if you you know build your house upon God, which is the rock which never changes, then you're putting your faith where faith is justified. But if you're putting your faith in a world of shift and change, well, that's kind of like the shifting sands of time, where it will always change. And no matter what you build up or no matter what you get, it's going to disappear at some point because that's what the world does. So Jesus talks about being the wise man who built his house upon the rock. And I think that's really what spirituality is saying, is that uh, you can be happy and peaceful uh, not because of what's happening in the world. And if something good is happening in the world, yes, enjoy it, celebrate. I do. And you should have a good time while you appear mm-hmm. to be here. Uh, the difference is is that your happiness and your peace of mind is not dependent on the world. Uh, your happiness and your peace of mind can always be there for you regardless of what's happening in the world. So when the going gets tough and uh, things start going down the tubes, well, you can still be happy and you can still be peaceful and you can stop making it real. Because what we're seeing is not true. And, uh, you know, I found myself, especially with this third book, because Arden Persis said that the purpose of the books, aside from the fact that they all fit together, is that they also, as you go along, accelerate uh, the mm-hmm. undoing of the ego. So uh, I've actually gotten better, I think, at forgiveness, which is a process, which everybody gets better at as they go along. It's like. Uh, you know if you want to be a piano player, well, if you practice for twenty years, you're going to keep getting better <laughs> all the time. you know if you practice every day, you can't help but get better. You know I found that out as a guitar player I did it you know for a living for twenty years, and toward the end, I was finding better ways to play the same thing you know mm. I could play the I could play the same song, but I was playing it better, and you always find ways you know you're inspired. Uh, to do it a little bit better. The Holy Spirit inspires you to practice forgiveness uh, a little bit quicker and a little bit better as you go along, and you do get better at it. So uh, I remember yesterday, you know, because the government is shut down here, and I used to really be into politics, and every now and then it creeps up on me. You know, even though I'm not into politics, and you'll see this in the third book, that I'm not into politics as much as I used to be. But, you know, this politician came on the TV screen yesterday, who I couldn't stand. You know, I just couldn't stand this guy. And I, I was tempted, which is what you know, temptation is, the temptation to make bodies real and, and to react to it and make it real. And I just caught myself immediately and stopped making it real and thought of him in terms of this perfect spirit, uh, which we all are. And you know, that feeling that I used to have that where I, you know, I think 20 years ago before I really got into the course, I would have actually been angry. And uh, then, you know, it was nothing. It was like it had no effect on me. And, uh, you know, that's how I think you can really tell if you're making a lot of progress uh, on oh, your yeah. spiritual path, especially with the Course of Miracles, because things that used to affect you, uh, they don't bother you anymore. You know, things that, uh, situations or events or even people uh, who used to annoy you uh, they don't bother you anymore. They can't affect you anymore because now you're not affected by the world because you're not making it real. Because you know what made it affect you is the fact that you were giving it power with the power of your belief. And now you're withdrawing your belief from the world and you're putting your belief where it belongs, which is with God, which is this uh, perfect spirit. So it really is a totally different way of thinking. So when the course says uh, choose once again, well, there's those two things at the beginning of the course. Nothing real can be threatened. Well, that's reality. That's what we really are. That's God. It's perfect. One is can't be touched by the world, and nothing unreal exists. Well, that's everything else. And uh, if it doesn't exist, then there's no point in putting our belief in it. And you know, if if we do put our belief in it, then that's going to give it power over us, which gives it the power to affect us. But if we withdraw our belief from uh, the false world and put it in the real world, which is uh, the kingdom of God, you know, as the Course puts it, uh, be vigilant only for God and His kingdom, which is not an easy thing (laughs) to do, but, uh, you know, it is possible. I don't think the Holy Spirit would give us a job that wasn't possible. And uh, if you put that faith where it belongs, then it changes everything because you can still have the world in the sense that you can still experience your life and you can still have all these good things that you would have had anyway. Uh, the difference is that your experience will start to shift from the idea of being a separate individual and a body over to this idea that you are spirit that is actually perfectly one with God that is totally innocent and uh, that's a great experience to start to get in touch with your innocence because then you start to think, you know, hey, you know, I'm I'm not a bad person, I'm a good guy, you know, I'm one of the good guys mm-hmm. and uh, I haven't really done anything wrong and, you know, I, in fact, the reason I'm innocent is because I haven't really done anything <laughs> because nothing's <laughs> happened. You know, this is a dream, you know, and uh, nothing, you know, has really happened Uh, Yes, events in a dream do appear to happen, but that doesn't make them real. That doesn't mean that they really happened. I mean, I I had a dream last night in bed that felt totally real. You know, it seemed uh, completely real, which we all have that experience from time to time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, for all intents and purposes, when I was in that dream, that was my reality. You know, that was actually my experience. That was my reality. And, uh, you know, I didn't have any uh, awareness of being asleep in a bed. You know, I was in the dream. And then it was so real that when I woke up, I was actually surprised to find out that I wasn't in that dream, that it never happened because it felt so real. And then the bed returned to my awareness. And then I was there in the bed. And uh, that's what this dream you know, is like. Uh, The the Course talks about removing the blocks to the awareness of love's presence which is your natural inheritance. Well, Jesus talked about that 2,000 years ago uh, in the Gospel of Thomas. Uh, You know, the disciples said, you know, when will the kingdom come? And uh, he said, well, it will not come by watching for it. It will not be said, behold here or behold there. Rather, the kingdom of the Father is spread out upon the earth and people do not see it. Well, Mm -hmm. the reason that people don't see it is because it's out of their awareness. You know, it's not that it's not here, but it's out of their awareness. Uh, Just like uh, when you're in a dream in bed at night, you're not seeing the bed. Well, in this dream, you're not seeing heaven. But that doesn't mean that it's not there, and that's exactly what we will awaken to with this experience of enlightenment. We'll actually uh, start to become more and more in touch with the kingdom of heaven, which is right here, and it's here now, and it's everywhere. And when you start to think of it as being everywhere, that's when you'll start to kind of like actually have the experience that it's there. And through forgiveness and the undoing of the ego, uh, spirit becomes more and more uh, your awareness.
3: <laughs> oh, Gary! I love listening to you as we all do. We're going to be coming up to uh, a break here in just a moment. One of the things I would like people to know about your new book, which is published today, "Love Is Forgotten No One," is that there are a whole bunch of very practical tips from Art and Persa.
4: Oh, yeah. Uh, They get uh, very specific about a lot of things. Uh, Even, you know, kind of like what you would think of at first as being kind of like earthly ideas about uh, helping your health. You know, things that you can do, simple things that don't cost much money that you can do to actually be more healthy. And the reason they did this, they called the chapter uh, Bodily Healing for an Enlightened Mind was because they were saying, well look, if, if you do these things, because they were kind of like challenging me, they were saying, you know, uh, you're not going to do these things unless you make a decision to be healthy. You know, so it's like the decision comes first, which is the power of the mind uh, comes first, and then if you decide to be healthy, then you'll do these things as an expression of being more healthy. So they gave a whole list of uh, practical, healthy things that I could do. And, of course, all kinds of uh, spiritual information and things that made me uh, more of an expert on forgiveness and able to do it better. So uh, it's also a very practical book in that uh, it can improve your forgiveness and also show you things that you can do to improve your everyday life.
3: Gary, it's a big day. We've waited for this book for a long time, and I'm so grateful that you were able to take time to be on the show with us today. I know you've got a lot lined up for uh, today. It's time for us to take a break. We're going to say goodbye to you, because I know you've got your next thing to do. I'm Jennifer Hadley. My guest today is Gary Renard, author of Disappearance of the Universe and his latest book, Love Is Forgotten, No One... Today's the publication date. I encourage you to purchase the book if you uh, go to jenniferhadley.com to my blog page you'll see you can click there and if you send me the receipt, I will send you two downloads of two uh, interviews that Gary and I did in his home. I know you'll really enjoy them. Gary, thanks for being on the show today.
4: Oh thank you, Jennifer. Uh, your real friend, and I'm sure I'll see you again soon.
3: Definitely. I'll be back in L.A. in November. All right. You're listening to A Course in Miracles, where we're living the love and walking the talk on Unity Online Radio, and I will be right back.
0: Your soul wants five things. Your soul will thank you. Are you tired
2: of life slamming the door in your face? Did you get another rejection letter, pink slip, foreclosure notice, or go on yet another bad date? Does it seem like the older you get, the more hopeless life seems? Are you ready to stop taking no as your final answer? Then join us for Design Your Life, a talk show by Kevin Cottrell Ross, the coach's coach. Go into the locker room for one full hour with the championship coach every week and start designing your winning playbook that will make the rest of your life the best of your life. That's Design Your Life with Kevin Cottrell Ross, the coach's coach, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Central Time on Unity Online Radio. The Voice of an Awakening World. You've been listening to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Reverend Jennifer Hadley.
3: Gosh, I love having Gary on the show. If you're new to this show, you can go back into the archives. I think this might be the sixth time that Gary's been on the show. He's been on the show many times, and uh, the last time was late August, and uh, they're always just packed uh, Gary also has been the one Course in Miracles teacher, along with myself, who has done all six of the Living a Course in Miracles class series. So, in uh, 2011, 2012, and 2013, we have done two Living a Course in Miracles class series, eight weeks Eight teachers, 16 classes total. And, uh, right now we're week six of Living A Course in Miracles. These are all free classes, totally free. And this week our teacher is Regina Don Akers. Very much looking forward to that. I love Regina. <laughs> of course, I, I, I love everybody. And, uh, but uh, Regina is we're so uh, like-minded, and I find that there's a lot of similarities in our experience. And her class topic at com this week is releasing the past, living in liberation. Remember, all these classes are free. Also... At com, you have other free things. So we have study group support. If you'd like to start a study group or you're just thinking about it and you'd like to get some support with just exploring it, you can do that at com, And we also have a study group listing that is building there. I am in England this week, and I am doing A Course in Miracles workshops in Oxford, Wednesday and Friday, and then Saturday in Birmingham, Sunday in London. It's a uh, action-packed week for me in England, teaching workshops all week. And then uh, later in October, I am doing a couple of workshops in New York City, and then also in Maryland, so all those details are on my events page at jenniferhadley.com. So the two websites here, jenniferhadley.com and livingacourseofmiracles.com. And as Gary was talking about, forgiveness is the key. And I often point out to people who are having challenges in this world and physical challenges that Gary Renard is a really good example of someone who has used forgiveness to transform not just his mind, but of course, because when you renew your mind, your life is going to be renewed too. So his relationships have dramatically improved his finances and his health because he used to have... uh, the curvature of the spine, the scoliosis. And a few weeks ago we had Nook Sanchez on this radio show and she was talking about healing osteoporosis. So there is unlimited, unprecedented healing that can take place. And one of the things I wanted to share with you uh, from Love is Forgotten No One that I really appreciate uh, towards the the end of the book here, uh, chapter 10, Gary writes, The power that lights up the universe of time and space and makes it seem so real to us is the power of our belief. Of itself, the universe is nothing. It's a projection that is coming from the deep canyons of our own collective unconscious mind. And we, as one seemingly separate ego mind, are the cause of it. It wasn't a good idea, no more than it was a good idea for the prodigal son in Jay's profound miscreation story to leave home. In fact, it was a bonehead move. All he found was scarcity. And even if he temporarily got a lot, it still wasn't everything. So it was still scarcity. But there can be no scarcity in perfect oneness where we have everything by definition. The only logical solution for someone who left home when he shouldn't have is to go back there. And so the way that we go back there is to release the belief that we're somewhere else, that we're in scarcity. And I wrote a blog about this last week. I have a daily spiritual espresso that I send and a daily prayer I record. And in that I wrote, I'm giving up all my beliefs because all I need is the truth. And so I'd like to end on that note. If you would like forgiveness support, at the homepage of jenniferhadley.com. You can sign up to receive a download of a workshop I did called "How to Get Over It," and there are a whole bunch of tools that go with it. How to give it over it? Forgiveness support for you, totally free at jenniferhadley.com. Lots of Course in Miracles classes, totally free for you at livingacourseofmiracles.com. And if you buy Gary's book. Go to my website. If you follow the link to Amazon there and purchase it, send me back the receipt. You'll get the two free downloads of the two interviews that I did with Gary in his home. Let's place our hand on our heart. I always end with a prayer. And we take a breath of gratitude here, invoking the higher Holy Spirit self into our awareness. And we are remembering truly that we are love, that we are the higher Holy Spirit self. That is our true identity. So we're consciously releasing any idea to the contrary. All false beliefs dissolving and resolving into the nothingness from which they have arisen. In gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we allow it to be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Thank you for joining me. I love you. Have a great rest of your week.
0: Rami and his guests will engage in lively, humorous discussions about what it means to be a spiritual human being in the 21st century. How to Be a Holy Rascal, Wednesdays at 11 a.m., only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
2: In quiet moments of prayer... Let go of any concern. Anchor your trust deep in the realization that with God all things are possible. Never doubt it for a single moment.
1: This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity.
6: What if you were intentional